Hello, I'm Matthew Harris. And I'm Nathan Spackman, and you're listening to the first edition of The Veil this week of 2023. Happy New Year, Matt. Did you have a good Christmas and New Year? Yeah, it was good. It went very, very quickly. Uh, didn't feel overly Christmassy this year, I think, because of the the temperature and everything being a bit manic. But no, it's, it's uh, nice to be back and can't believe we're already a third of the way through January, to be honest. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to say that cliche thing, which everyone says about, do you know what, it was quite quiet because it was. It was really chilled out, stayed at home quite a lot, did a lot around the house, cleaned up and kind of come back a little bit fresh and kind of like it's New Year now. But yeah, it was nice to just have a bit of time off. Yeah, I think everyone's uh, happy to be back in the routine, but also happy to have had that uh, couple of weeks to to relax. We'll start 2023 by hearing about the upcoming showings at Dennis Powers Community Cinema, who this year are celebrating their 10th anniversary. Yeah, lots of exciting cinema showings from them in the year. And next Monday sees the return of TV series A Special School on BBC One Wales. The programme focuses on the work of Ascala Derry, the UK's largest special needs school based in Penarth. We'll hear from head teacher Chris Britton about the school and the upcoming series. Plus, we'll take our regular look at local events, sport and the news in the county. The Vale This Week on Bro Radio. You're listening to The Vale This Week from Bro Radio. Now it's time to look at some of the top news stories being read via broradio.fm over the last week. And it's no surprise that one of the biggest news stories is to do with Wizz Air pulling out of Cardiff Airport by the end of this month. The low-cost Hungarian airline has blamed high operation costs and a challenging economic environment for its decision to end all flights in and out of the Rus airport. Services to and from Milan will cease on Wednesday, 25th of January. Following the news, bosses at Cardiff Airport have said they're deeply disappointed and surprised by the decision. They said some are Bookings were already up on this time last year. A proposal to sell alcohol on a residential street shop in Barry has been met with staunch opposition. 3S convenience stores, which will replace the former electrical store known as Switch and Socket on 11th Street, is looking to obtain a premises license, which will allow it to sell alcohol from 6am to midnight seven days a week. However, residents and a local council have expressed their concern over the potential impact that selling alcohol during these hours could have on the area. Meanwhile, a teenage boy is admitted starting a fire at a fashion store in Penarth. The 16-year-old boy, who cannot be named for legal reasons, pleaded guilty to lighting a cardboard box which started the fire at the Queen Bee Boutique on Stanwell Road last August. Cardiff magistrates heard it caused over £10,000 worth of structural and stock damage as the Washington building shop. The boy has been tracked down and arrested by police using CCTV footage. Two Barry head teachers have joined a pilot scheme to tackle the impact of poverty on educational achievements. Janet Hayward and Inge Robinson have been named as attainment champions by the Welsh Government. For the next six months, they'll provide peer-to-peer support to schools and inform key policy on educational attainment by drawing on their own experience and sharing a best practice. And finally, the Turner House Gallery in Penarth is set to bring another year of quality art exhibitions to the heart of the town. The gallery has unveiled its programme for the first half of 2023, featuring a range of both local and international artists, ranging from the Cowbridge Art Society to a touring exhibit of self-portraits by Claude Cahun. And you can find out more about the upcoming exhibitions and read all of these stories, plus submit your own local news at Brewery. Radio.fm forward slash news. 
You're listening to The Veil this week here on Bro Radio. Now, everyone loves a good film, but did you know about the many community cinemas that run across the Vale of Glamorgan? One of those is in Dinis Powys, where volunteers are celebrating their 10th anniversary this year and a packed schedule of upcoming films. To tell us more, I spoke to John Fanshaw, one of the Dinis Powys community cinema volunteers earlier today, who began by telling me how the idea for a cinema in Dinis Powys came about. Well, originally, um, Steve Nottingham, who was actually quite a film buff, uh, and I heard about the chance of having community cinemas in rural areas. Uh, It was introduced with the Creative Rural Communities Organisation, which is part of the Vale of Glamorgan, and which is funded by the Welsh Government and then was funded by the EU. And they hired out equipment to local community centres or organisations that wished to show films. So we decided to get involved, which involved, it really meant uh, getting expensive and the rather bulky equipment into the centre, setting it up, nearly took us all day. And then uh, we showed films uh, advertised and we had quite a good audience from the beginning. And obviously, uh, that we, good, and obviously that good audience has continued because you're, you're still here 10 years later. So what was the reaction initially? Because something like a community cinema back then, 10 years ago, cinemas were declining, the smaller cinemas across the Vale had closed down. Was this something the community really wanted back then? In fact, yes. Uh, we found that we had an audience about 30 or 40, which started building up. Um, we showed popular films. I think the first one we showed was a film called Gambit. And then later on, we showed Skyfall. And this really got the people in. Uh, I think the main thing is it was local. It was safe for a lot of people because a lot of elderly people who wouldn't normally go to the cinema came to us. And uh, there was easy access. So it worked very well. And, of course, then we introduced a licensed bar, which uh, helped a lot. So it made it very much a community event, not just showing a film. And I think that is the main advantage of community cinema, that it's local, it's friendly, it's safe, and you can do other things that perhaps you wouldn't do in a bit in a main cinema. And the other thing as well is this is led by a team of volunteers, isn't it? It's all no one no one makes money from this, this goes back into the cinema and supporting its growth. It's entirely volunteer led. Uh, we do everything ourselves, the printing of the tickets, um, we use Ticket source, of course, to get online bookings. Uh, we have volunteers that come in. We set them at four o'clock. I open the doors at six thirty. The bar is set up. Uh, we have music to entertain people as they come in. Uh, we've arranged it so they get a full cinema experience. It's not just going into a barn and having a light switched off and the film showing. We have lights that can be dimmed. We use coloured lights to get the right impression. We give make it an experience rather than just a sit down and see a film activity, if you like to put it that way. And we mentioned those volunteers there. Obviously, January is a time of year where people decide to do new things. How important have volunteers been to this project? I know the other projects you're involved in, Dennis Paris as well. Volunteers play a huge part in life in Dennis Paris, don't they, in general? Indeed, they do. Well, volunteers are essential. I mean, there are about four or five of us that are regular volunteers. Um, We're always looking for new volunteers, and particularly younger people, because I'm sure there are young people who are doing things like media studies who would be interested in seeing how a community cinema is run. And 
there's more to it than just showing a film. It's getting the right atmosphere, entertaining people, welcoming them. There are all sorts of aspects, and uh, so volunteers are always welcome to come and join us. And as you mentioned, this year you celebrate your 10th year. The first showing is this weekend. So tell us a little about the films that people can enjoy through 2023 at Dennis Powers Community Cinema. Well, we usually work on a three-monthly basis. We work through an organisation called Moviola, who manage to get the films as soon as they're available for use by community cinemas. Uh, the big blockbuster films, the main films, go straight to the main cinemas. And so we have a second run. So we choose films that we think would appeal to our audience. For example, uh, on Saturday, we're showing the film Where the Crawdogs Sing. Now, quite a few people have read the book. And it's been interesting because we had quite a lot of demand for tickets, both online and from the office, for this film. Even though it's perhaps not one of the blockbusters, it's popular with our audience. And we do get an audience of all ages. Uh, the next film, which is showing in February, is actually The uh, Lost King, which is about the discovery of Richard III in a car park in Leicester. And then we're showing on uh, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris in March and uh, see how they run in April. We do find that if there's a well-known English or British name, such as Helen Mirren or Judy Dench, we get an extremely good audience for those films. Well, some great films coming up in the months ahead. What if someone was listening to this and thought, sure, that sounds really great. It sounds like a good night out for me. How can they purchase tickets and come along themselves? Well, there are two ways of doing it. You can either do it by going to the um, our website, which is uh, Merchfield Community Centre. If you type in Merchfield Community Centre, then you would find our web our webpage, or possibly on Facebook, Dennis Palace Community Cinema would find, and then there's a link to get tickets online. So tickets can be purchased online, or they can call in the uh, Dennis Paris Voluntary Concern Office, which is at the rear of the community centre, and buy tickets themselves. But we do take people on the door. So you can come to the door. The door's open at 6.30. Come along. You'll have a good experience and good company. Brilliant. Well, clearly it works. You're here 10 years down the line, still doing this for the local community Indeed. as well. So hopefully lots of people will come along to your next show and then throughout this year as well. And a big congratulations, of course, for 10 years of Dennis Powers Community Cinema. John, thank you very much for joining us and tell us more about it. Still to come on this week's edition of The Veil This Week, we'll look ahead to some of the local events kicking off 2023 and hear from the head teacher of Uskala Derry in Penarth ahead of the launch of Series 2 of BBC Wales show, A Special School. There is so much to discover in the Vale of Glamorgan with lovetheveil.wales. Find vibrant, brilliant and highly skilled high streets, side streets and home enterprises, remarkable restaurants, friendly well-stocked bars, pubs and trendy night spots. Adrenaline-filled, family-friendly days out or those places to sit back, relax and simply enjoy a good book. Whether you're a local or a visitor, start your discovery now at lovethevale.wales. You're listening to the first edition of The Veil this week of 2023. It may be a new year, but there are still plenty of great events coming up in the weeks to come. 
The Lowdown with Chris Davis Estate Agents, a local family-run company serving the Vale of Glamorgan for five decades. Let our family move your family. Find out more at chris-davis.co.uk. As we heard earlier in the programme, Dennis Powers Community Cinema is back for its 10th anniversary year with a bunch of screens throughout 2023. The first of which is this weekend, where the Crawdads Sing is taking place at Merchfield Community Centre on the 14th. Tickets are £4.50 and doors open from 6.30pm. Also this weekend, Uptight is a brand new soul night at Panath X Servicemen's Club and this January on the 14th is its launch night. The event will return with a feature of... The event will feature a mix of 60s, 70s, stacks, northern, R&B, disco and funk and starts at 7.30pm. If you know a young person who's interested in YouTube and maybe wants to become a YouTuber themselves, there's a superhero workshop taking place where they'll learn a bit about video pre-production and production. It's taking place on the 15th at Castleland Community Centre between 5.30pm and 7.30pm. You can find out more at T. You can find out more at takeoveracademy.co.uk. And looking ahead to next week, The Legend of the Sleepy Hollow is taking place at Panas Pageant Room from the 19th to the 22nd of January. Peculiar Productions present Washington Irving's The Legend of the Sleepy Hollow at the Pageant Rooms. Tickets are just £12 with a matinee showing at 11.30am and evening showings at 7pm. Doors open 30 minutes before show time. And the Memo have loads of great events taking place this year, including Simon and Garfunkel throughout the years at the Memo. That's taking place on the 20th. More details of events there at memoartcentre.co.uk. And if you've got an event to share with us here at The Vale this week and Bro Radio, don't forget to submit your details via lovethevale.wales, where you can also find out more about the events taking place across the county. The Vale this week on Bro Radio. So you're listening to The Vale this week from Bro Radio. Back in 2020, BBC One Wales aired a three-part series focusing on Britain's biggest special school, Ascola Derry, based in Penarth. And after that series captured the reality of life in the school, how it's pushing boundaries and challenging misconceptions, Monday sees the launch of Series 2. And to tell us a bit more, we're joined by the school's head teacher, Chris Britton. Chris, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Good evening. So it's been two years since the first series, which seems crazy. We were talking about this before. It doesn't seem that long ago. What were your thoughts when you were first approached by this idea of having a, a TV show based around your school? Um, I suppose a tiny bit, a tiny bit anxious. You wonder, don't you? And a tiny bit, um, a bit of a leap of faith, really. I suppose to let cameras in, and um, you don't know what it's going to be like. Um, but we had a really good good team from Slam Media and Fionn Humphreys who's the producer and were we'd already seen some of their work because they'd done a short clip here um, for the Pearson Awards the Teaching Awards where one of our staff had won and they came to do a short piece and that's where it all came from really um, and we were really insistent with the BBC that we had some editorial control and, and some of the parameters we put around were that we wanted to show staff and pupils in the best light that we could and we wanted it to be positive and show you know be positive about a special school and to show people things perhaps they hadn't seen before um but what we don't do at the schools we don't do bless if that makes sense to you so you know we really are have got high expectations and aspirations to the pupils um and we want them to you know achieve in every way that they possibly can um we regard our pupils as differently able rather than disabled and i think that's an important distinction to make and when the, the series of first recording were you expecting such a, a positive response to the program and also the work you guys do in the school no i'll be honest it, it came as a bit of a surprise um we had 
hundreds and hundreds of emails from across the world. The response was enormous uh, and the response was um, heartening. It was so positive and so many people just saying um, how they wished their children could come to a school like it um, um, and and were really heartened by the the approach that we take with the pupils, this kind of idea of unconditional love and, the, you know, unconditional acceptance of the pupils. So it, it, we were really, really taken aback and we genuinely have messages from, from across the world. We've been working alongside um, a school in, in India at the moment, um, doing some work with them as a consequence. Um, so yeah, it, it was really, really a real shock actually the, the reaction to it and how excited everyone is everyone in the school now to be back on the TV and be able to see themselves so I've seen on social media there's a lot of excitement from families and from pupils and yeah. teachers to be back on the TV for another series I think it's going to be interesting because um, when the cameras come in they stay with us for well it, it felt like it felt like they're here forever in fact they stay for so long they disappear into the background it's kind of oh there's a, there's a film crew there again you know nobody really takes any notice so apart from a few of us who've seen it uh, sort of pre-seen it because they ask us to look at it first to make sure that we're okay with everything um nobody really knows who's going to be in it there was a lot of filming but of course there's a lot of editing so um yeah it's exciting i hope some people won't be too disappointed if they're they're not in it or don't feature as much as they thought they might but that's the nature of tv i guess and the first series was set kind of during the pandemic as such this one is kind of set as the school kind of rebuilds after the pandemic was that quite a difficult time for you as a school really at that pandemic because it was a different world for everyone but how does it work in terms of that school environment when you're working with people with additional needs so this, the, the first series started in uh, filming in September 19. And of course, it came to a, a sort of a full stop at the end of February as the pandemic hit. Pandemic was really, really hard for us. We stayed open as a hub for um, well, all of our pupils are vulnerable. So it's really difficult. But we, we stayed um, for the most vulnerable for the you know emergency workers, those things. And we stayed open. 12 hours a day, seven days a week, continuously until nearly July. So that was really, really, really hard going um, and, and hard going on, on the staff, et cetera, and all that idea of trying to keep everyone safe and trying to follow rules, which were changing daily. And, and that's been rehearsed all over the place. So it was really tough. Um, and then um, a year later, you have to think about your timings, don't you? Um, yeah, so a year later, they the BBC came back, Slam Media came back and said, we'd like to film a second series. And so that started filming in September last year. And even then, that was a tough time because we were struggling for staff. We had low numbers of pupils. We had um, lots and lots of staff off with COVID. And because we operate as a sort of health and care setting, that really did restrict us in what we could do. But I don't think you really kind of notice it. You'll see some, you know, there are masks and things like that. But actually, I think the cameras were able to well capture everything that was still going on. Uh, and, and thinking about it now with the, the low numbers of staff and this rotation of closing classes is quite remarkable. Uh, and then we came into uh, the sort of after Christmas and then in, into earlier this year when things were really much better. And then we'll see a bit more there with um a sports day uh, and those sorts of things and um and then the uh the sixth form um theater production which is a treat so uh no more spoilers than that really but yeah it it it, it, it was a, it, it was a it was a tough work through but um i think the end result with the series is still very joyful 
brilliant well, we can't wait to see the new series it launches on monday on bbc one wales eight o'clock and it's also on iplayer as well really looking forward to seeing the showcase of the brilliant work that you guys do at Asclad area in panar thank you very much for joining us thank you thanks for thanks for the opportunity i hope you enjoy it so still to come on our first program of 2023 we get a roundup of the week's sports with gareth joy including the latest transfer news from our Cymru south clubs in the vale and why it's a happy new year for sophie ingle one of the most rewarding and valuable careers you can have is to care for people in their own home. Care in the Vale is looking for people who have a real interest in and compassion for people. No experience is necessary. We'll give you all the training you need. Comments from Care in the Vale staff include the following. Amazing company. And you have to work here to know how different they are. To find out more, please ring Care in the Vale on 01446 741905 or visit our office at 13 High Street Barry. You're listening to the Villas Week from Bro Radio. Time now for sport, and we could easily talk about just one big football story from the past seven days. But our sports reporter Gareth Joy has other ideas. Good afternoon, Gareth. Happy New Year! Happy New Year to you, Matthew. Happy New Year to you as well, Nathan. Although I, I think we'll leave that until the end, shall we? <laughs> yes. Let's start uh, 2023 with the Cymru South leaders, Barry Town United, who started on a high, but the transfer window is so far offering mixed blessings. Yes, indeed. Uh, one in, two out at Bowie, although it must be said their first signing of the new year has already made quite an impact. Josh Ball joining from Cambion and Clutter Vale, where he scored 13 goals during the first half of the season. Scored his 14th, of course, when he made his debut against Swansea University on Saturday, that 5-0 route, of course, uh, which also saw Kane McGlagan back on the score sheets as well. In return, though, Sam Johnson leaving Jenner Park for a second spell with Cambrian. He, of course, he was enticed away from Pontypridd United by Gavin Chesterfield way back in August but Johnson had to complete with the informed skipper for a place in the starting 11 and he often ended up on the subs bench so he's gone so too for that matter is Leon Walsh he was left on the subs bench for his last few appearances in yellow and blue including that 2-1 win at home to Lanterick Major last month uh, he's now returned to the company premiere of course he left Pendabont to return to Jenner Park and now he's gone back to the Welsh top flight with Aberystwyth Town but apart from that things are looking very rosy four points clear at the top of the table as we said especially after that 5-0 win over Swansea University and and let's not forget, they won back-to-back Vale derbies, restoring a four-point lead over their nearest rivals, Britain Ferry Lansowell, and still with two games in hand going into next Saturday's visit to Anishel Albion. And one of a presence as well for Lee Kendall. He's been named Manager of the Month for December for beating both Cumberland Celtic and Lanswick Major. First full month in charge wasn't exactly the busiest. I think November was actually turned out to be a little bit busier for Kendall. But uh, Manager of the Month for him and Bowie are on the up. And while Barry are on there, things are not looking so good at Lantern Major. A former manager there is coming back to haunt them a little bit. Yeah, do you remember when they won the league title and then there was that mass exodus to uh, Britain Ferry, sparked by one Carl Lewis? I don't know whether they'll welcome him back that warmly in the future, to be honest with you, because uh, Lewis has enticed no fewer than five players to his new club, Goytre United. And of course, he beat Lanswit 4-3 in his first game in charge there. 
Uh, he's enticed uh, the likes of uh, Lewis James, Jonathan Fletcher, Sean Williams, Finn Jennings, and Ben Cripps. Now it was Ben Cripps who scored, whose goal against Sunday Athletic finally clinched the Cumberland South title for Lantwit way back last Easter Monday. Well, well, you could say it's a little bit of history repeating, I suppose, uh, because uh, Lewis was also responsible for that mass exodus of seven players, the likes of Connor Goldsworthy and, of course, Tom Walters to Britain Ferry Lansauer. And, of course, he was just the assistant at Britain Ferry, but, of course, now back as full, as a full-time manager. Stephen McCarthy-Campbell, meanwhile, his successor at the windmill ground, has overseen, well, four games without a win. There were back-to-back defeats in the Vale derbies. And then that two-all draw against Tapswell on Saturday. Uh, Tyler Jackson and Joel Willington with the goals, but both times they were pegged back through equalisers from Jan Martins. Lanterick now ninth in the table. They have another extended break until they return to action away at Abergavenny on Friday the 20th of January. Now, on our last sports show of 2022, you suggested there should be a prize for Vale Sports Personality of the Year. You nominated Sophie Ingle, who, as it turns out, has been richly rewarded. Well, maybe she could do with another trophy as well. But uh, an OBE in the New Year's Honours list, I think that's pretty good going, isn't it, for the Wales captain from Landoch, recognised for her services to football. Now, of course, that was just days after signing a two-year contract extension with the WSL champions Chelsea. Of course, the season getting back underway this weekend. Wales, of course, reached the qualifying playoffs for next year's Women's World Cup. Narrowly missed out, but it was a big year for Ingle, who, of course, also secured secured another League and Cup double with Chelsea. And they've already reached the quarterfinals of the Women's Champions League as well. Our reporter, George Alderman, caught up with Sophie Ingle not long after the knees broke. I've given my whole life to Welsh football. Um, Obviously, it's the best thing I could ever do probably in my whole career is represent my country. And, you know, to be nominated for an award like this due to those reasons is is an amazing feeling. And the fact that not just me, but the whole Welsh team have inspired our nation over the last couple of years. Um, Obviously, the Welsh game is growing massively and women's sport in general is. So that's also exciting. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a nice honour, you know, to get this award. But it's for all those, all my Welsh teammates, all the staff that have been pushing, you know, to get the platform to where it is today. Obviously, you've played sort of more than 100 times now for, for Wales. And there must have been times when it wasn't easy in terms of either sort of time, resources, being fully fit or just the sort of, you know, the quality of the team and sort of they're going through their struggles. But now it feels like you've really come through the other side of that, doesn't it? Where, where are you going, what you've done in 2022 and going into a new year? Yeah, definitely. I think obviously when I first started playing for Wales, it was a lot different to, to where the game is now. Um, that's also at club level as well. Obviously, the last couple of years, the women's game has grown massively and it's exciting. But yeah, there were struggles along the way. We had to push, you know, every single season, every single campaign to get better standards on and off the pitch. And I believe now the Welsh national team is in a good place with the organisation. You know, we have good relationships with the staff there and they're pushing for the women's game as much as we are. And I think that's probably off the pitch. That's the most honoured thing that me and the girls can do is keep pushing those standards because we want the next generation to have better, to have more than what we did as youngsters coming through the ranks. 
Sophie Ingle, OBE, of course. And congratulations as well to Wales manager Gemma Granger. She will stay on in the job until 2027 after signing a two-year contract extension next week, this week, which was uh, rather overshadowed by news elsewhere. But uh, nonetheless, staying on for the next qualifying campaign, Euro 2025, and the next qualifiers for the next World Cup in 2027. Now we must end on the big story of the week. The Gareth Bale era is officially over, but it may not be the end of its involvement with Wales. Well, that's certainly what Rob Page was hinting uh, when he spoke to us reporters uh, yesterday. I mean, you still can't really get over the fact that around half past three on uh, Monday, Gareth Bale suddenly blew the final whistle, although it wasn't that much a surprise in my eyes, especially after the disappointment that was the World Cup in Qatar. But of course, the plaudits have been raining down on him well from most quarters I mean five Champions League trophies and three La Liga titles doesn't exactly bring you the most glowing of tributes from Real Madrid does it but then there is Wales I mean it says a lot that he addressed his Welsh family separately being you know the leading goal scorer 41 goals and of course most capped men's player in Welsh history 111 times and Robert Page certainly hinting that maybe Bale has it. Maybe Bale has a role to play in the future. When you've got somebody of Gareth Bale's stature and, and what he's done for Wales and the impact he can have, even in the changing room, just being around the players, then you know I've got to take advantage of that. And 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 he's interested to do it in whatever capacity. That's something we'll have a chat about further down the line in the next couple of weeks, no doubt. But that's something that I'm passionate about and I want to keep, I'd like to keep him involved. It, you know, I, I think he will be interested. Absolutely. I think there might have already been discussions before this about staying involved in some capacity. The important thing is right now is to celebrate his career, celebrate what he's done for us as a nation. Let him have some time with his family. And when the time is right, we'll have that conversation about how we keep him involved and, and what capacity we keep him involved Rob Page uh, speaking yesterday it is the end of an era, which, regardless of uh, how you thought about uh, how the last few years worked out. I mean, it was never easy at uh, Real Madrid, and then it wasn't even easy either at Los Angeles, even though they won the he won the MLS Cup in the last few weeks of his career. And we've already mentioned the World Cup, but let us not deny his place in Welsh football history. He's going to be very sorely missed. Thank you, Gareth. And thanks for listening to this week's edition of The Bale This Week. This programme is all about the stories, issues and events affecting the towns and villages that make up the Vale of Glamorgan. That is right. So if you have something you'd like us to feature, get in touch with us via Vale This Week at broradio.fm or via our social media pages. And The Vale of Street returns to Bro Radio Wednesday night from 7pm or you can find us anytime wherever you grab your podcasts.